Thanks for listening to NYC. You can catch us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and other streaming platforms. Be sure to check our social media page on Twitter and Facebook. And like always, we appreciate our guests, family, friends, and you, the listeners. Okay, let's get right to it. Dory Bennett, Scott Ligo. Dory, middle school teacher, tennis coach at Nathan Hale High School and uh, football royalty of the Bennett family and uh, short dog, shorty. Uh, Dory, uh, how you doing? Uh, by the way, how's uh, how's your dad doing? How's the family doing in our uh, our COVID times? Well, Will, Scott, great to be back. Great to hear your voices for the for real. Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, every, every, everyone is so healthy. When I tell you that the short dog is out on the golf course and is swinging the club very well, played uh, the Coeur d'Alene golf course. And got a par on the 14th, which is the floating green. And he got a certificate for it. So, you know, good, th- things are good in the Bennett household. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, everyone's well. Everyone's healthy. And uh, Short Dog, man, he, he has made a strong comeback. So it's it's all good, you guys. It's all good. That's great to hear. That's, all, that's awesome. We got uh, Scott Ligo. Scott, uh, President of Student Athletes Advocates. Uh, check him out at saadvocates.org, and uh, he's there to help parents and student athletes through the eligibility, recruiting, final financial aid process from D1 to NAIA. We discussed the importance of getting advice early and as early as eighth grade, and God knows we need advice because nobody knows what the hell is going on anymore. So, Scott, uh, thanks for being here, and uh, uh, you know, once again, you know, how's your family and how's everybody doing? We are all good. Thanks uh, for asking, and uh, as uh, Dory said, uh, it's all good to hear everybody's voice back. And uh, and uh, as they say, I think we got a few things to talk about today. I think. Yeah, let's so. jump right to it. Uh, you know, we just <laughs> found out that the Ivy League became the first D one conference to cancel all four, uh, fall sports. Um, what does that What does that mean? Before we get into um, the teams and the sports, what does that mean for incoming uh, freshmen that had scholarships to go to a Yale or Harvard to to play a football or Princeton or anything like that? Just to talk about it from the incoming student uh, point of view, what does that mean for that student, Scott? Well, that's a you know unfortunately a question that has to be still to be answered. How that's going to be looked at, um, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. Um, you know, we're 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 looking at a huge backup if you really think about it. I mean, you, the NCA allowed the fifth year senior last year who couldn't finish their spring sport, softball or whatever sport, track and field, to be able to stay on, and now you have a new incoming class coming in, and if they don't play their sport right away. How does that how how is that going to be looked at? Is that mean that they're now a two year redshirt person with the fifth year senior not being able? I mean, it's the questions are more than they're going to be answered. Um, and you know, and, and if you really trickle it down to the the next level, the high school, and you're talking about right now, they're talking about the state of Washington maybe not playing football till the beginning of January. Uh, with those kids, I mean, and then turn around and get those that the early enrollees from that crew that doesn't want to play high school football go right into it. I mean, again, the backup is going to be incredible. And then what we'll talk about later with programs being cut, what does that you know backup look like? So to be so to answer your question, 
that answer has not been, that question has not been answered. And I think the NCAA is kind of sitting there dumbfounded right now how to handle this. Um, you know, I uh, know that a lot of the kids have shown up to campus. They're on campus right now uh, in quarantine situations. But um, how this is going to work out, I, I have no clue. I have no clue. It's a problem that the NCAA, unfortunately, is going to have to deal with. So could I make a, um, just a few? Yeah, good. please. Uh, Dory, just jump in. in. Go okay, ahead. yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, so this summer in, in uh, June, I was on a webinar with the NCAA regarding uh, athlete requirements and eligibility for incoming student athletes and current student athletes. And two, two pieces came up that, that I felt were, that were incredibly important. Uh, student athletes could, can take a gap year. So mm -hmm. the seniors who just graduated can take a gap year and they will still receive their full ride, their scholarships and eligibility. So that is an option that's out there for them and it will not negatively impact their scholarship offer. And so they can take a gap year. Um, they will, the NCAA is also uh, extending a year. So an incoming freshman, let's say they decide to go to school and be a student athlete and their season gets canceled or postponed, canceled for the 2020-2021 season, uh, they will not lose a year of eligibility by being on campus. It's like, an, it's like you were saying, Scott, an additional redshirt or medical redshirt, hardship redshirt year that is going to be honored. So I thought that those were really positive pieces. Uh, again, we don't know what the seasons will look like, and they have also extended the dead time, the dead period right now, to August 31st. So coaches and uh, the way coaches can contact players right now has been uh, extended into an additional dead time while they get things figured out. Yeah, I, I, I could add something to this. Now, I, I can't talk specifics because, unfortunately, this is a case that's going on. And I, 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 this is not to put a hole in your, what you're saying there, Dory, but mm -hmm. there's a local interesting story. A kid who I know um, from a local high school, going to go to college, smaller school, um, they have actually rescinded his scholarship. They've asked him to walk on. And then if he walks on, makes the team, then they'll give him a scholarship after in the spring yeah. of next year. So, and then I think that's the biggest question. The NCAA, I mean, it's easy for the NCAA to say this legislation is out there. The kicker to the thing, the caveat that people forget about is that they've kicked it to the school. The school is responsible to pay that, pay that year for that kid. So that's right. a different deal. So, you know, so if we're looking at a yeah. central Washington, how does that play out? How do they, they, they well, they're right. barely making it as it is university yeah. of Washington's and those guys that we, we know they've got funds, but also we know that, you know, Stanford's already cutting 11 sports. So, I mean, again, I, I just think it's a really gray matter that they're kind of, they're allowing to make sounds good, but I think it'll be very yeah. interesting to see when it all yeah. gets laid out and how it looks like. And uh, right. it's, 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 it's a really interesting question. I mean, it's really interesting. Well, we have a, yeah. And we have a tennis player that um, did get to have his senior season and he has decided to, take the gap year mm -hmm. and then um and he will be attending a not a d1 school to play tennis but a um division two team a division two school to play yeah. tennis and so they've already shared with him that that's what he gets so as you were saying scott it is probably on a school by school basis 
and the NCAA made a, made an umbrella statement out there. And then it just comes down to what does our budget look like for each individual school and also those schools that are going to lose out on the money, the D, the FCS schools and the, um, those D2 schools that would play up, they'll be losing out on money as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, you're right. It's, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of, a lot of waves in the water and the boat's rocking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, and it's going to be, uh, you know, really interesting what the, the points that you're both bringing up because really what it comes down to it is no one knows who's going to foot the bill. Right. And, and that's what it comes yep. down to. You know, they, whether it's the NCAA, it's going to be the schools. Is it going to be, you know, a, alum? Is it going to come down to those type of things? We're saying, well, if you want a five star player and, and we recruited him, uh, we can't afford him because of X, Y and Z. You know, we, we you know, we're going to talk about 19 Division One schools have already cut at least one of their teams since the pandemic. By the time the show's over, right. God knows there'll probably be another 19. And. Yeah. You know, so who who down the road, and that's going to be some creative thinking. You know, when you're looking at boosters, when you're looking at alum, you know, and saying, hey, you know, if we want to keep these programs or we want to get, you know, keep these kids eligible or, or keep them on scholarship, uh, we're going to have to create something completely different and some kind of funding where we're going to have to stash that. But, you know, who knows how that's all going to go down. Um, Scott, you mentioned that Stanford cut 11 sports. What's really, really... Non-revenue st- sports. Yeah, but what's yeah. really, really scary, and, and we could talk about that, whether it makes sense or not to cut those revenue or non-revenue sports, is we're talking about Stanford. In Stanford, they, they've got money. They've got smart people. They know how to budget, you know, and if Stanford is already saying we're out – you know, it's almost kind of like Shark Tank, you know, you know, yep. Mark, Mark Cuban, Stanford is sitting there saying, no, nah, I, I see where this is going. I'm out. I don't want any part of this. What should that tell us, the fans and the rest of the schools across the country about what they view the upcoming season like? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, I, I've talked to enough people that. I think that the biggest thing is that a lot of ADs who maybe didn't like the program, didn't like the coach. Uh, this is an easy way to get rid of that program with making it because the NCAA has allowed the legislation to say that if you need to get you know rid of programs, you can do it. It's not it's the Title IX, the equivalency, all the things that you have to do to make sure your program's kosher. Those are all gone, and so it's going to be. I, I you know I, I think if you if you if to, if tomorrow the they came out that football a major college football is not going to come out until the spring of next year, and you're going to lose all that fall revenues i think boy i think that there is just going to be cut time left and right and uh, from from the university down i mean i've heard that there's going to be quite a furlough of you know university staff members coming here soon too so um i just think that the the financials of it people don't really understand that piece I and mean, it's you know it's an eight billion dollar industry for major college football and um when you don't have that boy it, you're talking about some big money and look at just happened like dory's to dory's point you know, uh, I know Division Two lost uh, $30 million for what they get from the bigger dance, and Division Two or uh, and, and Division Three lost $22 million from their pie of that cut from that tournament. So, again, if you don't have major college football, what is that cut going to look like again for them down the road? Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. Well, the one thing about if they don't have, and, and if they don't have fans in the stands, right, and that mm-hmm. ticket generating revenue piece, it is not the largest portion, right? We all know that TV and radio 
those contracts, the broadcasting contracts, are what is is where these conferences get a majority of their money, plus the donations and pieces like that. So without with limiting fans or no fans in the stands, the viewership and those numbers for television and radio are going to be really strong. I was talking with a friend of mine that is with um, the Mariners and does TV and radio, and and I was just like, well, if they lit, if there's no fans in the stands, then the only way they get baseball, people get baseball, is through radio and TV. So the viewership will be up, which means it seems to me that those contracts can be, um, we can have compliance with those contracts. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think you're, you're right, and I think it'll be interesting to see how advertisers work to this, how that works. It's, um, it's, it's just an interesting question. Like, I know that university, yep. I know you know a lot more about it than I would, Dory, but I know that basically they're only allowing the season ticket holders to be the ones that would be able to come to the stadium as, as of right now. I know Penn State has come out and said that only the season yeah. ticket holders are the ones available. So what, I mean, what does that look like? I know those, they, you know, they make an extra revenue because they have a sponsorship besides the season tickets that, that you get. Right. But is, is the university of Washington, I, I'm, I'm asking the question, how many, well, tickets, I, how many yeah. season ticket holders do they, do they have? Right. And so um, I, uh, you're right. So that communication has already happened as well. Scott. You know me so well, Scott. Yeah, the football <laughs> thing wasn't going to get by us at all. Uh, that the uh, University of Washington ticket office, everybody has the option of purchasing their season tickets again. Uh, mm-hmm. If there's not a season where they can be in the stands, then it rolls over into next year. Uh, there's been discussion that it would be a limited capacity, something around that 20% capacity and so my question to them was so who gets to go who gets to go to the games right like how how are we going to pick that and what about the luxury boxes and what about i said how does that trickle down to someone who you know might be tie but isn't the high number tie or hasn't had their tickets as long and you're still a tie what about students how do you do the separation with the students and still have them there without the band? I mean, and all of these pieces are still coming into play because nothing's set in stone. Uh, there's a discussion that a 20% capacity would be manageable and that, you know, the tie and season ticket holders uh, get first crack at it. Uh, who did I see? The Baltimore, or the Baltimore Ravens have come up with a plan where it's 20% capacity and all season tickets, all, all people that are season ticket holders, their season tickets go for next year. And this year it's a game by game basis. So that, yeah. And then they will choose how many games that they want to go to. So yes, there's a priority for the PLC, the um, personal licensing people, right? Mm-hmm. But everybody will get that chance, and you don't go to every single game. You'll get a certain number of games, and it will be a game by game basis on the purchase. Well, what's going to be interesting well, is that just came out yesterday. Yeah. I think the bigger picture. I think those things are something that we could discuss down the road. Not discuss. We could discuss it now, but yeah. something that's going to be no, interesting down good. the road because. The bigger picture is what's going to happen in the fall. And UW is holding a virtual yeah. meeting on July 10th. 
right? Yale has already announced, and it's probably one of the reasons why the Ivy League said we're we're discontinuing for many reasons, right? But they already said that they're going full online classes. USC is already uh, plan or planning to shift everything online for uh, classes for the fall. So if classes and schools are going online, how can you validate even playing football and having these kids come in? So those are answers that we're going to get soon. So yeah, whether they're trying to get 10%, 20% or nobody, that doesn't even matter because if students aren't on campus, then what are we really discussing now? You know, then then it's really clear saying this is all about the money. We know it's about the money, but now it's just really, (laughs) really clear about the money. So it's going to be really interesting what happens with the UW and their meeting uh, on July 10th about the status of the fall because as you know, right, and there's deadlines, you know, and these deadlines for the fall are coming up now. They're asking for their money. They're asking uh, for for everything, and they have to make these decisions, and it's all going to happen really, really soon. Yeah, and Stanford has a plan. They Stanford put a plan in place for just straight-up students on campus and what that will look like for this upcoming year. Um, a friend of mine has a, has a son at Stanford. And so what Stanford has done is they are making the school year four quarters. Usually it's three quarters, and then the summer is an extra quarter if you want to go. So they're turning it into four quarters. Only two classes will be able to be on campus learning uh, per quarter. Freshmen get fall quarter for sure, and the seniors get spring quarter for sure. Um, and then they'll get, they'll each get another course. So by doing that, you have half the number of students on campus at a time. The other half are learning remotely. And then it will, it will rotate. So let's say freshmen get fall quarter and the summer. Sophomores and juniors, maybe they're in that. So it, does that make sense? What I said, just two classes on campus in in seats at a time, and by extending it, uh, they're also starting early so that they can uh, do the break at Thanksgiving and not go back and forth. WSU, excuse me, Central, is starting early. And they're starting uh, so that they will have a quarter in. By starting early, instead of the end of September, they're starting uh, just that Tuesday after Labor Day. And they will have a full quarter in by Thanksgiving, and then they're off until January to alleviate the back and forth to come back and go three weeks and then have Christmas. So adjustments are already being made. Uh, Notre Dame is is uh, doing very much the same as what Stanford decided to do. So those pieces are out there for the students. Uh, I've not heard anything from the University of Washington, but if they're smart, if they're smart, they'll start early, and they will do something, I think, like Stanford is doing, so that uh, you're not only starting early, but you're, you're still having kids on campus, but you're not having everybody on campus. So. That's good. Mm, very interesting. Well, no, I, I just, um, you know, it, it, uh, I, I kind of, my biggest thing to this whole thing, to be quite frank, and it's kind of a changing a little bit of the subject, but... You know, I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago, and uh, Adam Schefter of the NFC or the NFL was saying, 
you know, if, uh, you know, let's face it, he goes, if the NFL gets going, he goes, they've got a lot of older coaches. He goes, one of those older coaches is going to get it. And then it probably, you know, could pass, die or whatever. And I guess that's my, my question on the whole thing. I think that, you know, now with the Major League Baseball coming back, Major League Soccer, they've already had two teams that have already taken out of the, themselves out of the tournament. Um, if, one, if we have one fatality out of this whole thing, I mean, it's done. It, sports is, I mean, they're just going to put it, the, the skids to it. I guess that's, yeah. you know, I think that's my question to the whole thing. And, and I even trickle it down to what, what I used to coach high school. I would, I would not want to be a high school football coach right now. I mean, there is no way would I want to be out there. That, you know, that'll deal because, well, I mean, I was talking about it with somebody earlier today. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I, Dory knows how this works. I mean, she's at uh, high school. I mean, who do you get yep. to be your, your, your trainers, the student, the student kids that want to, you know, maybe, maybe be a trainer. And so we bring them in They're They're free. They're nice kids. They're, they're helping you. They're really, they're energetic and all that kind of stuff. But now they're responsible for that training room to make sure it's clean from top to bottom. They're, I mean, they're 16 years old. They're yeah, thinking about what they're going to do. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, I that's the part that, that it, it blows me away. I was in on a conference call with Stan Herring, Dr. Stan Herring from the Seahawks, and he's brought up a point which you know which kind of trickles down to this whole thing. He says, "How can we?" He goes, "At the NFL level right now, we're trying to figure out how we can make this thing happen every day. We test these guys, get the results back, and pay for the cost of it." Now we all know the NFL is a rich company, and so they'll, they'll take care of it. But he goes, "I'm asking that question down to the high school youth football leagues. How are they going to be able to do this? How are they going to be able to pay for this? How are they going to have? I mean, you get one kid down. How, how does that work? Is it the whole the whole association stop playing?" Um, does your high school not play Friday night? Um, if you talk about college, if um, Michigan comes into place Penn State and the Penn State offensive two offensive linemen come down with it, do you just shut it down? You're, I mean, you're just done, and then send Michigan home with 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 the uh, with the forfeit and say you you won. I mean, I I mean I don't know what the answer is. I'm I'm, saying, I'm asking the questions, and and uh, boy, I just oh, I I just think that's really. And, and let's be honest. I mean, it really is out of the out of the ads, the conference commissioners' hands. I mean, it's 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 the it's the coronavirus itself. It's the you know it, it, that's going to tell us what we're going to be doing. And if we get a surge in September, what does that look like? And how does that just stop us all from what we're doing? And I mean, I want sports more than anybody. I want to watch it on any kind of TV. I want to. I mean, I've I've watched every dumb sports thing that I could possibly watch up till today. I mean, I'm watching golf with no fans. I watched, you know, anything just to watch some sports. So I, I'm on it, but I'm really concerned on the other side of it. And man, boy, I would just hate to see some somebody lose their life over this thing. And and um, you know how and how do and how we control it? I just that's my biggest question to the whole thing. You you talk about the coaches and uh, obviously uh, in the bigger scale because the numbers are greater. It's the the teachers, right? And the professors mm-hmm. that are in mm-hmm. these classes with these kids. Um, you know, one of my good friends is a professor of uh, at Notre Dame of Latino Studies, and he just finished his bout with cancer, and mm-hmm. yeah. his immune system is weak, and he is going to be expect it and there's going to be a lot of back and forth talk because he's a hard worker he wants to go back to work but this is a conversation that he's going to have to have with his son and his wife about going back because Notre Dame is thinking about ramping everything back up and you made a mention of that Dory and getting these kids back in yeah. class you know and and 
un- unfortunately, but this is the way it works, and this is the way the, our world works. It's about money, right? So you know, you can mm-hmm. come in for a quarter of a semester, you come in for the other quarter, but we're taking a full chunk out of your scholar, you know, out, out of the the money, right? You know, they, they they were talking about that, you know, online. He was like, okay, yeah, you're gonna do online studies, but it's still forty four thousand a year. Like, so we know what's really happening here, and if if that wasn't the the key element, then we wouldn't have this discussion because the the smart thing to do is be like, okay, everybody just needs to stay home. This this kind of weather, this you know, we're hoping we have a vaccine at the end of the year or by next year, early next year, since the whole world is trying to work on it, and they would just shut things down, and that would be the smart thing to do. But we know that that's not going to happen now going back to sports you know we, we talk about the oldest coaches in the fbs and you know that's frank zolich right he's 75 he'll be what? 76 in the fall you know mac brown how about mac brown yeah he, he's he'll be 69 yeah. next month saban 69 yeah. in october butch davis 60 so you know we're talking about all these great coaches you know les miles david cutliff and duke and herm edwards and all these other guys you know they're 65 and older you know we, we got a couple guys mm-hmm. in, in their 70s um and that's not including assistant coaches and everyone else and like i mentioned the professors and teachers um there's a lot of vulnerability and at what cost do we need to have football? You know, when do we say, okay, enough is enough. And is that going to be the state? You know, we talked about, you know, UW going back and, and doing different things, but is, you know, Inslee opening that up, you know, is California governor opening that up, you know? So th- there's a lot more to it. And I understand that you have to, you know, kind of go in the direction of restarting until they say you can't. So that's why all these conversations come up. But the reality is that most likely these things aren't going to happen. And as we see these programs get cut, everything but football and basketball right now, um, it's just kind of letting us know that I I see the writing on the wall that they're getting ready to say, hey, we're going to lose a year and um, and these sports are going to suffer by it. And, you know, most likely not going to be brought back. So I guess my question here, my long drawn out question is, you know, what does this mean for those type of sports? You know, we, we, we see that, you know, baseball has been cut, softball, wrestling, lacrosse, golf, soccer, and something close to home, tennis. You know, Dory, you're a tennis coach. And if you have a kid yeah. that's going to a college on a scholarship and that program's got get cut, uh, one, you mm-hmm. know, do you look for another school or is it time to start other programs? Is it time to now think out the box, whether it's uh, clinics and camps, maybe a, a whole different uh, organization, you know, but maybe it's time now to stop thinking of college as that next step and thinking of other programs for these kids to uh, continue excelling in the areas that they, they love to play in? Well, one thing that, that, that does happen with the non-revenue-generating sports is that there aren't full scholarships, and there haven't been. So with the, the, there are partials, right? And uh, but, so but they're still getting cut play, now, right? So that, that eventually these well, kids are like, going to need like, other options. Yeah. Right, they are. They absolutely are. And and but my concern is that for for a lot of these revenue generating sports, okay, their their scholarship, the opportunity, and those pieces help them be able to get a higher education and get a and get a college degree. Most of them don't go on and play other than that. So figuring out creative ways to keep it right. 
maybe the revenue generating sport scholarships aren't full for a year or two in order to, in, right? So maybe that full ride, maybe the NCAA says, look, with the money that are, that coaches have, or that, that, that teams have and the universities have and the number of scholarships, maybe you have to cut the number of scholarships or make a choice. And you say, okay, here's what we can do for scholarships. If we want to keep this number of players on scholarship, which I think is 85 for the uh, Division One schools, then not everybody gets a full scholarship. Maybe it's a three quarters. And that some of that money then goes to providing and saving some of these programs uh, with regards to Stanford. The wrestling coach said, look, our program is up to be cut yearly. They look at it every year. This is nothing new. We've been through this before. At least Stanford is allowing those student athletes to, to, to play this year. They didn't just cut it abruptly like they did at University of Cincinnati for the men's soccer program. The, program, the call came in. They just said, okay, as effective immediately, no more men's soccer. Done. End of story. And there's been discussion that some of that was because Cincinnati's trying to keep their football program afloat and be a top D1 program in order to keep and, and, and build their locker room up. Okay. Because the locker room, the locker room improvements are still on the docket. That's still happening. So, you know, the reasons to cut a program uh, seem to be many, many, many reasons to cut a program. And again, the wrestling coach at Stanford said, look, this happens all the time. But how about volleyball, men's volleyball getting cut at Stanford? That was surprising. Scott, you yeah. want to jump in there? Well, I, I think uh, the, the one other question I would like to ask is, you know, as they announced the 11 cuts, they also announced that they have a 30, I think it's 34 billion, you know, um, endowment. So I'm thinking, well, you might have to take a billion out to save everything for a year. I mean, we let's face it. I mean, I think the three of us would all agree. We, no, no matter where you stand on this thing, that hopefully in a year from now, we have a vaccine, we have testing, we have tracing going yes. on. At, 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 at some kind of level, okay? So if we look at that, then we're all back on the same, we're back on the track again. We're all going down the road again, or it's all good. We can we can do this again. And we've gone through it, so now we know how to attack it. We can get these things done. I I, I kind of feel like, the, you know, these big programs, you know, at the University of Washington, all the other guys can do it. But I think there's, an, I mean, there's the other end of that stick, the, that question when it comes to finances, and I'm going to bring in an, an old name for uh, Dory, uh, Stacy Collins, who used to be the head coach at the <laughs> South Dakota School of the Mines, was talking to yeah. my stepson, and they were just talking about it. And they just said, he said, Joe, he says, he said, hey, he goes, a year off for South Dakota School of the Mines would be the best thing they could do because they could save some money. Which then yeah. I, but which then I turned it back on Joe. I said, uh, "Yeah, that's all great until that president says you mean we saved four hundred thousand dollars and we didn't play. Now we're not going to bring it back. Now we ain't bringing it back. Yeah. So that starts to look at the other. I mean, that's my frustration with the you know the big schools like Stanford and the big. I mean, take a billion out of your endowment and just bite it for a year and just say we're going to keep all the programs and make sure these kids right. are taken care of and do the right thing and then they not have this backup that they're, they're going to have when it comes to the incomings and the, the kids down the road. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a, a log jam at the, it's so bad. It's, and, 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 you know, and some kids are going to get screwed over. Like I said, I know a local story here where kids 
kind of getting screwed over right now on this whole thing where they basically said, no, we're going to give it to the senior that's staying for the fifth year and you're, you're, you're on your own. And I think that yeah. that's going to be fortunately be kind of the, in the lower end programs and the bigger programs, they can do yeah. some, you know, they can do some different things, but you know, if we're, if we're really talking about what we all, the three of us in deer, we all love sports. We all love college athletics. We all know at every level it's, it offers different things for different kids. And, and I just think cutting like everything and anything is, is a, is a concern. I mean, for what I do, I mean, that's what I tell all these kids today. I mean, I'm like, guys, the, the, the opportunities are going to be less and less. So you better, you better be academically even straighter than you ever thought about being. You better be social media better than you've ever been. Mm. You better be on point because if you're not, they just like, Hey guys, we got 9 million yeah. spots. We got 9 million people coming for 10 spots. You do the math. But also, yeah. And, and, and Scott, those are great points. And also understanding that it's not, I've seen success from people that said, you know what, I am going to walk on and I am going to make your program and I am going to end up with a scholarship. And I know it wasn't during COVID, but I've seen it be successful in our own family that Mm -hmm. uh, choosing to walk on at the highest level that you believe you can play at because you, you weren't recruited for whatever reason. um, And it did turn out to be, uh, a positive and so sometimes when we are met with these challenges right we get those yep. early life lessons and uh and, and then sometimes it's also like okay that i do have control over the direction i want to take and the choices i want to make with my college education some yep. of these kids if there's a delay if they get to be in school in the fall like incoming freshmen and and let's say a season gets postponed till next mm-hmm. year that educationally can really be a plus. Yeah. So there's that that that's the other side of it. That ninety nine percent of these kids, these these student athletes, they're going to school and they're coming out with a degree. And sometimes they have to go extra. Well, this gives them that extra shot. That gives them that extra year to get a year of, acad- of academics under their belt and then be able to handle it better. And sometimes they're in. They're in majors that meet in the afternoons. My brother was a mechanical engineer major. It took him six years to get through school, not because he wasn't doing his academics, but because of when classes were offered. So this could be that opportunity. Man, go in. Get your first year of academics under your belt, however it comes to you. Maybe you're on campus two months, two quarters, and you're off campus two quarters. But you're still going to have a year of of education handled. So yeah. that could be the positive side. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't want you guys to think I'm the gloom and doom guy here. I'm no, not, you no, know, no. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, I find it very, I just, I, I'm, I'm just more, it's tough. I have more questions it's tough. than I do have answers, and that's correct. My correct. About the There's thing. definitely a lot more questions, and uh, we and know that maybe not at the big Power Five schools where they have all this money, but there will be other schools where they're going to pull scholarships and say we don't have money for you because yeah. you're not going to play, and then that's where that theory is going to hurt. Uh, yeah. yeah, but and, like anything, right? Some schools can withstand some of that, and some others, um, but. It, there's just so much unknown because we're yeah. living through it right now. Um, the Power right. Five are going to make a decision. The end of July, they have a deadline if the season's going to start on time. So by the end of this month, we're going to know if the Power Five are going to try to proceed as if whatever normality is going to be in the fall. We've already heard that the Big Ten is expected to announce 
that uh, if they do play, that they're going to do a conference-only schedule. Um, what does that mean for, for someone that doesn't understand a conference-only schedule uh, for the Big Ten? Well, I can, um, you know, let the uh, jackrabbit out of the hat a little bit on this one. <laughs> I, I know, I know for a fact there's a guy at Penn State that's been breaking down non-conference games for the last three weeks, and was not real happy to find out he was that he did spend three weeks breaking down something that he's not even going to have to have to use. So, having said that, uh, it's just uh, I think they're trying to push the the start date as late as they can. Um, yeah. To, to, to allow, you know, for to see kind of what happens in September. Um, it looks like it might be like an October start, um, which oh. really sucks from my perspective because I was planning on going out in September and seeing two games for the price of one, uh, which I won't be able to see this time. It's all about uh, you, Scott. It's all about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, there, are, there are some other things to that whole issue, that yeah. mainly to do with the food when I get there to say college. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a it's – not uh, I mean, I think that that's what I think the even even if they said today they're going to start, I think the biggest question for all these guys is because it's, like you guys have, we've already talked about it, it really isn't at the president's the '80s choice. If this thing comes back with a roar in, in September, it, it's it's it becomes a medical. Down. It just gets shut down. Yeah. So now you brought everybody back, and now you get to go send them home, and they they've been exposed, they've been you know done that. I mean, you know, yeah, I, mean, I don't think those. Yeah, I don't think they'll send them home. I think, um, and 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 the the late start in October, uh, you know, people are worried about that when it gets cold, the the virus yep. spreads more, right? Yep. Well, okay, but look at all the states right now that are peaking, and yep. they're all the hot states. Yep. Okay, all the hot states have the peaking now, so. I'm not so sure every, and we don't, there's so much we don't know about so, the Leadership has it, something to do with that also, but that's a whole other show. A ton of, yeah. a ton, yeah. a ton, a ton, absolutely. So one of the pieces uh, regarding the Big Ten making this, and I think their decision is coming in the next day or two, mm-hmm. uh, based, on, based on what we're seeing, but also the Pac-12, again, have to come up with a, a decision. And, and one format that's been discussed out there has to do with, in conference only, nine games in conference only, and it would be uh, a later start. Games wouldn't start until the middle of September, and there would be a to to project that obviously there's probably going to be a flare-up, right, of COVID. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Um, the teams would have they get rid of the Thursday Friday games. Teams would have a 14 day break between games they'd have on weekends and off weekends and that 14 days if someone comes up with it right then mm-hmm. that would be that that self-isolation quarantine time uh there this thing called they have flex saturdays where uh you wouldn't play on that saturday so maybe you play the 19th and the 26th and then you don't play again for 14 days uh again it's getting creative but it could allow for quarantine, isolation, and the flex that on those flex dates would be a makeup date. Like if you weren't able to play a game because of a COVID breakout, then you would use one of these flex Saturdays and and, and play it at that time. So uh, also moving the Pac-12 championship back to December 12th. Again, these this is just a proposed plan that's out there, and 
what it would uh, what it would do is uh, the teams coming in, the, the home team would would make sure that uh, the hotels where there's one team where the there's one hotel where the visiting team stays every time. Uh, it's the same hotel every time. They would also uh, have to the teams would get together and foot the bill for the extra cleaning. So put all the money in, you div- or put all the bills in, divide it by 12 for, for these pieces. So they're looking at it with a lot of different options. That's just one that's out there. Uh, Scott, I, I've got wow. a question for you here. Uh, you know, your former coach at UW, um, and I guess it's for both of you, but I'll start with you, Scott. Uh, is it worth it? Is is this worth it? Do the coaches quarantine themselves away from their family, uh, players? Why are we doing this? Is is this really worth it? So you could play a football game on Saturday? Do do we need to go to these extremes for one year? That's that's the that's that's the that's the question that we all need to be asking. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 kind of what I question. Yeah, and that's the better question. Yeah, sorry, Scott, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say that's kind of what I'm alluding to. I mean, I, 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 part of me just says, let's just call it, end it, yep. and just let's move to the next year and, and just move through life and, and get this thing done and, and get these kids and figure it out the best way. And again, like I said, we all hope in a year from now that the, everything, they've got a vaccine and it's all going good in the right direction. I, I don't, I, I'm with you 100%. Well, I, I just, man, I just don't know if the, the, the chance and opportunity of somebody getting this and dying is, is, is high. And that's just the bottom line. I mean, we can, we can skin it and say, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll split the bill clean in the hotels. I mean, could you imagine Dory being the, the, the travel person right now? We are at the hotel. No. We, the hotel. We, we did get the, we did get yeah. the plane. We're not getting the plane. We're not going there. We're, we're not going. I mean, that would right. suck. And you kind of think about the trickle down effect of the whole yeah. thing. You know, yeah. that those hotels, that's how they make their money. They bring in all the, right. the fans for the weekend. They don't have that anymore. Um, nope. the, the planes, I mean, it's just a, such a trickle down to the whole thing. And you, so you play two games, everybody's feeling good about themselves. And then, bam, the thing hits like Shut crazy and, and shuts down. And they run all the plans. And, 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 from and hotels you've and, invested a lot of money at that point also. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's, I, not, not only that, just, go ahead. Go ahead, Dory. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Bill. No, just my just my last point, and and then please feel free to jump in. Um, I just think that if we just call it a day, we, yeah. the schools, the universities, the, the 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 students, the teachers, the parents, so on and so Let's forth, the hotels, they can plan better. If you say we're yeah. done, then you could come up with a new plan for uh, for the fall. You know, uh, Scott. You know, we our our, our friendly uh, chef. Um, you know, Eric Rivera at Otto, yeah. You know, he knew that this was shut down, and he was able to do online stuff and plan and do delivery. And I know it's a weird analogy, but if we shut it down now, the universities and everyone involved, coaches, players. Everyone can plan accordingly instead of just trying to yeah. shove, you know, 80 pounds into a 10 pound bag and trying to make it work and investing all that time, money and resources. And then when it fails, you're in a worse situation than you are right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. I, I, I absolutely agree. And from a teacher that went from, you know, in class, 100% in class to 100% remote. Um, overnight. And just that immediate, <laughs> uh, overnight, immediate shutdown. Yeah. Um, 
so many adjustments came into play. And, and I just think that if the university can look at the students first, how do we make that simple, right? Because you can physical distance students much easier than you can physical distance football players. Not because of the sport. 100% because of the sport. Okay, and you can have staggered practice and small group meetings and all these things. You can put all of that into place. But the one thing about co-eds at the universities, okay, is that I will flat tell you, with the with the outbreak at the fraternity at Greek Row here at the University of Washington, that just occurred because what they went ahead and had rush. They went ahead and had fraternity rush at the University of Washington and other places. But this is these are the numbers I know. 150 fraternity boys came down with, and the girls that are renting out those rooms in the fraternities because it's on Greek Row during the summer. 150 came down with it, and nine of them, only nine, were not living in a fraternity. Only nine out of 150. And that number just came out, what, two days ago. So because they went ahead and had Rush, and you, I promise you, there's no physical distancing with Rush, people. None. <laughs> there's no physical distancing with college years. We'll leave, exactly. that, we'll leave that alone. We'll leave so, that one alone. <laughs> so all I'm saying is that it, it seems to me, why don't we start with what the university is doing for all students, and then it makes sense. Then, then you can we can see how the plan makes sense. But the first thing that all the universities did was they they got all students off campus, and then they figured out a way to bring the student athletes back. And, and again, I'm a 100 student athlete. Uh, love, right? Love. Like if I if I could come back as another, I would come back as a D1 student athlete for sure. I would want mm-hmm. that. It's an amazing life. It's an amazing experience. Um, but when we're getting into how do we keep students safe, professors safe, their family members safe, uh, that, that's been a huge conversation, and, and we're trying to figure that out at the public school level as well. Um, the, the, the information that's out there of what we know is not going to – I mean, I'd love to be 100% remote. For a whole net, for a whole school year, uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, we will be going back in a block system, but we have teachers that are have health compromised uh, immune systems. We have students who have it. We have students that have uh, grandparents living with them, or they're being taken care of by their grandparents. So there are a lot of ifs and ifs and buts and. It, there's such a push to get students back on campus, regardless of the age group we're talking about, that I, I just don't think we have a solid plan for what that will look like. And I, I could easily just say, okay, I can be prepared for 100% remote teaching. That I can do, do it better than we had in the spring. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like it will be uh, remote half remote, half, half um, in just, just real quick to piggyback on that, then I have a question for Scott. Um, I've gotten an email uh, from the Seattle Public Schools about um, 
you know, a questionnaire pretty much about whether my daughter would go oh, back to did. school full time, half time, two days a week. They talked about all this other stuff. None of it makes sense. Okay. And them trying to say for you to go to school two days a week or half a day one day or half a day another, or, you know, they're going to reduce class sizes, but still have 12 to 15 kids in the classroom, which is ridiculous. Because if you do the math, the size of the classroom, the size of kids, you're still not adhering to social distancing. And pretty much we're like, no, we're going to stay online. um, And then we will evaluate, um, you know, other you know, options in the fall, whether it's, uh, you know, if, if my daughter wants to play soccer with a face mask on or something like that, we, we will figure all that stuff out. But as far as going to sit in the classroom for six, seven hours a day, um, I have no idea what's going to look like. Uh, hall monitoring. I, I know they talked about having students walk in one direction, all these other elements that can happen it's, and bring it home, get someone sick, get themselves sick, yep. get a teacher sick. Um, just as a parent that's dealing with this, I will sit out this year and then reevaluate where we are as a society in the spring and yeah. depending where we were we are at then at that point we'll evaluate and i understand not everyone can do that not every parent can do that and it's especially difficult for kids in elementary school because being at the school really is important to them but right now yeah. with the climate it's not going to happen scott just real quick um, i hope go ahead well i hope you voiced your opinion oh. loud with exclamation points um to the district and sending a letter directly to the superintendent would speak volumes just so you know i, I will make a mental note and, and, and get a letter out to okay. them uh, the way we started the yeah. show, you know, the Ivy League became the first D1 conference to cancel all fall, uh, fall sports. Um, the pretty much everyone got together and the commissioner said, hey, we're shutting this down. What responsibility at all, Scott, does the commissioner of, let's say, the Pac-12 or any of these other ones have in saying, I want you to hear my voice and say, I do not recommend us going back. Do they have any responsibility or is it just dollar signs in their eyes? I, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I hope to think that they have some personal responsibility to this. I think what Dory was saying, and, you know, and myself is a, isn't included in that list. Unfortunately, I have type 1 diabetes. You know, uh, I think that it's important that you have to think of the bigger picture. Um, and, you know, can you bring these things to your family, to their loved ones? Um, at the end of the day, we, we all know it is, is, it is driven by the dollars. Um, but I do think that, you know, again, I, I think that they, they have a responsibility. I think they would do probably the right thing. Unfortunately, it is dollar-driven. But at the end of the day, again, I think personally, it's done by the state. It's done by the governor. It's done by the by what the you know if it if it explodes again. Oh, but that's what's really going to be the answer to this whole thing. It really isn't going to come down to the commissioners or the presidents or the ads or any of those people because I think that the you know your state gets shut down, your state gets shut down. There's nothing you can do and there's, there's not much you can do, say about it. But again, it's you know I mean it, yeah I mean I'd hope to think that they could do that, but boy I I you know like like Dory likes to say why is this you know Pac-12 offices in San Francisco they got to pay a lot of rent. So they're looking for, you know, they're right. looking for as much dollars as they can possibly figure out of this whole thing to pay the pay themselves and pay the whole deal. And um, it is, it's, you know, it, it goes to show, unfortunately, it, as we've seen through the pandemic, the, you know, inefficiencies of the socioeconomic systems that are in the education system. Kids that don't have access to computers and Wi-Fi and blah, blah, blah. 
well, the same thing applies into this thing. It shows that the, the vulnerabilities of, of collegiate sports, you know, we, you know, without going down that road of the NLI, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, lots of dollars and unfortunately that kind of thing pushes it. And, and I know you will, you text me privately and stuff like that, you know, but you know, would it, would a $50 million, uh, $50 million a year contract of Patrick Mahomes go in the uh, NCA now, right now? I mean, I don't know if they, they could they could get that thing passed. I mean, it, it's just I'm just using that as an analogy into the whole deal. Yeah. But boy, it, it just goes to show how much dollars are involved in this industry. And I, I mean, I don't I'm, I don't know those numbers from the media, from the radio, and, and things that uh, Dory was re- referring to. Uh, but how much is that? And w- w- it w- would it be, would it be able to make up the difference? I'm, I'm, I would be curious to know those numbers. Well, well just um, just to give, you, give you an example, right? So when uh, when Larry Scott, right, the commissioner of the Pac-12, when he set out um, to do his uh, TV deal, right, and it's probably one of the things that probably did well um, in one aspect, another aspect, no, with Fox and ES- ESPN, that was a three billion dollar TV deal. And that is just massive. And he was ahead of the curve because he was one of the first uh, commissioners to get a deal like that done with ESPN and Fox. And obviously, he screwed himself up, up you know, with the giving away the schedule, uh, scheduling flexibility, which has upset a lot of fans and has been a topic uh, with campuses um, throughout because, you know, we always complain, why are we playing? Why is UW, the Huskies, playing a game at at 9 a.m. or why is this happening at that time you know when they're all over the place and that's one of the things that was wrong with the deal but just to put in context of the money that was a three billion dollar tv deal just for the pac-12 so the money that's involved is just astronomical it 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 absolutely is but he also went down the road and and drew a line in the sand regarding the negotiations with direct tv and mm-hmm. and the people that that were wanting Pac-12 Network, many, I mean, thousands n- couldn't get it, and it didn't matter where you lived. Yeah, you that, that's a se- that's a separate the, the thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, that is, that's one of the things that is, that he was terrible time, with. But it's just far as right, far as just working with ESPN and Fox. You know, the $3 billion is just it's ridiculous. Well, and now gave, the, the Pac-12 network has pretty away. much screwed everything up. Yeah. Yeah. But he gave it away. I mean, on the surface, a $3 billion contract looks like, man, we struck gold and we were first and this is awesome. But when you got down to the fine print and you didn't have to read very far, he gave the power away. And when you give the power away, you lose your negotiating spot. You lose leverage. And that's what happened. Yeah. Well, to piggyback on that, you know, there uh, there's been talks about um, a CEO group from the Pac-12 uh, considering uh, to buy out his contract. Uh, by the way, he's making five point three million dollars uh, a year. So uh, kudos to him. <laughs> and, and paid himself, but he's paying himself out of two pots. He's paying himself out of the Pac-12 network pot, and then he's paying himself out of the Pac-12. Like what a commissioner would get paid. He's getting paid out of two pots. So, so what are your thoughts as we as we talk about it? And they're thinking about buying him out. His contract expires in twenty twenty two. What are your thoughts on uh, your favorite commissioner getting bought out? I'll do. I'll defer to Dory first. Well, I think that it should have that the discussion is late. I think it should have happened five years ago to go in and 
and, and buy it out because look at all the money that, that he has been given over all these years when you could have bought it out a while ago and not have to keep paying him, right? You could have bought this thing out, I think, earlier. Number two, I would want to know before we take that step and go down the the, the, the road of now we don't have a commissioner and we really need somebody strong, who could that? Who would that person be? Is it somebody currently already in the Pac-12? Is he somebody in waiting? We don't know because that's something that – that question, I'm not even sure that question's been asked, so it certainly couldn't have been answered by now. I say yes. I say get somebody that's creative maybe from a business standpoint, and they'll have to ride this year out with whatever happens with the pandemic and the season, but get ahead of the curve because that contract, we, we, we could get, what, renegotiated on that contract, what, 2024, I thought? Yeah, yep, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So that's wow. what I would do. I'd get him in now. Whoever it is, so pull somebody from business that, that has a strong business sense and understands the business of Division One football. Yeah. I would, I would add – this to the to the whole thing and i i'm in agreement with dory i think that the guy can't get out of here fast enough um i think number one and i think it's a bigger picture to the whole country uh to be quite frank and honestly the pac-12 in a lot of ways is kind of becoming uh, obsolete not talked about in the power five i mean it's just, brother. We, we haven't we haven't been in we're not really ever in the in the argument or the conversation of the co- college football playoff um, and, you know, that's a little bit to do with our own league, obviously USC being down the way they have been and uh, being the, the group. Uh, our product is, you know, I mean, neither, you know, none of us run billion dollar industries, but we all know one thing, getting your product out in front of things is the most important thing. And to, to, to Will's point, when you're playing the game at 9 a.m., 9 a.m., to say you're going to go against the 12 o'clock game back east, well, here's the little inside scoop. With the noon game back in the in the Southeast Conference, they're not carried, worried about uh, Colorado and Utah playing. Trust me, they're worried about Arkansas, and Tennessee lining it up. Yep. So that game plan, that game, that plan doesn't work. I felt like where they really missed the boat, and again, it's an early game, but you get, you know, I, I felt like they they needed to with the SEC leaving that channel uh, CBS game at twelve thirty on Saturdays, and uh, moving o- moving over to ESPN. I felt like they should have jumped on that position right there yep. and I don't make it a two thirty game. So it's a little bit later in the morning. So it's not real early for the, for the PAC 12 folks, but you've got to get your product in the middle of the day. Uh, you know, Will and I, and we've, you know, we've all had this same conversation. There's nothing better than be able to go to the Husky game at 1230, get down get home or go to your local watering hole after and see the four o'clock uh, SEC game on ESPN. Everybody loves it because they can watch another great game right after they watch their team. And that's the thing that we're missing. And the Pac-12 network trying to play games at 8:30 at night. Well, you know, when I go back and see Joe, when I go back and see Joe at Penn State, I'm a, you know, I've coached for the Huskies. I, you know, I've, I've bur- bled bur- through the whole thing. It's at 12:30 at night, and I'm watching the game. And after I've watched Penn State play on the early day, I am literally sleeping on the couch in about two minutes into that game. And I want to watch it. And I'm trying to drink coffee well, and stay awake. And I just, I, <laughs> I, I just can't do it. And, and it sucks. Yeah. And so we become an afterthought. And the next morning we read, we watch it on ESPN. Oh, USC beat UCLA or this happened last night at the Pac-12. And we have some great kids and we have some great teams and we have some, you know, exciting product. But boy, they just can't, they, they, we just, the rest of the country doesn't see it. 
And so we come obsolete in the whole thing. And to your point, Dory, we come to stepbrother. We're just not in. We're not in the conversation. We need to be. We need to be. Just to we're piggyback our, on we're that. We're a top five okay. conference. Yeah, go ahead, Will. Yeah, just, just real quick to piggyback on on that sentiment. Um, obviously, my you know I've got friends and family back on the East Coast, and the telling sign for me about what the schedule was doing was talking with them. Huge college football fans, right? But college football mm-hmm. starts starts early, and by the time they you know they get to the West Coast games or the Pac-12 games, when they're kicking off at ten o'clock, and when people. You know, they were like, yeah, who's this Christian McCaffrey kid? I never stay up and watch. It's just too late. These games are ending at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And nobody was watching this incredibly talented, gifted running back that now everybody sees on Sundays as one of the best running backs in the NFL. Nobody knew knew who he was because they wouldn't stay up to watch the games that late. And they were like, all of your yeah. games are just, you know, they're just too late in the day for me to stay up, especially after, you know, like you said, you know, you, you watch early games, you, you probably. I went to your favorite watering hole, you know, your barbecue, whatever case, everything that entails a, a great Saturday of college football. By the time 10 o'clock, 1030 kicks off, when we're kicking off games here at 730 at night, it's 1030 back on the East Coast. Nobody can stay up and watch them. That was a sign for me saying this is this is wrong because they're missing out on great games, great players, and one of the most exciting player in all of college football. Nobody knows who he is. Absolutely, and it, and it, and it goes to show today what the what's happening with recruiting. The best quarterback in the country, uh, uh, Ugalaki, I can't say his name, but he's from Bosco. Uh, goes to goes to Clemson. I mean, his parents can see him early in the morning if they want to watch him on the TV. They obviously can go back there and do all those things. I mean, it's the, and and their product is on TV all the time in the middle of the day, and that's when the kids get to see this thing before they maybe play a Saturday night high school game. So again, it's to, it, it's to the point of the whole thing, the whole pitch of the whole thing. And I, I'm with Dory 100%. I mean, we need somebody who has a business back sense to this whole thing to make sure that we're, we're in the right place at the right time and being uh, a better product. And, you know, and we've just got to do a better job with the Pac-12 network. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, Texas can literally be on their own. That's how much money they make from their, from their whole say, package. Yeah. I say get somebody that's at the, that's at the national network level. Or for sports, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody that mm-hmm. has been a uh, somebody high up at a network, and mm-hmm. he has the experience of programming, of demographics, of what will work. How do we get the product? You see that you see it happen all the time when they change time slots for for television shows. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Yep. We're looking at the same piece, and mm-hmm. you see. I don't even care if you love football. Maybe football's not your jam. However, making money and NCAA football, making money with programming, if that's your jam, man, come on over. We want you. Yeah, absolutely. My last question before we wrap it up. Uh, with everything happening uh, with the, the pandemic and how it's affecting sports, um, are we going to get back to a time for coaches, and there's a reason why I'm saying this, are we going to get back to a time for college football coaches to start looking at the NFL again because the money is going to dwindle? The, the, the days of paying these coaches $10 million, $12 million, and let alone all their assistants, that, that money is not going to be there at least for the next, probably at least a minimum of another five years with the, the way everything is going. 
you know, or, or the Nick Saban stand, you know, and all these other coaches, you know, before you went to the NFL to make the big bucks, you stayed in college now because the money was so great. But is, are those days over mm-hmm. and we're going to start to see these guys in the next couple of years head to the NFL because coaches are not going to get paid or they're going to ask for uh, for cuts? Well, well I, I, I know. Go ahead. Games. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I think, you know, obviously we, you know, we, we've seen everybody in the country, uh, you know, uh, get asked, you know, make cuts. And, uh, you know, my Joe told me this morning that Penn State has told him that he's going to have to take a cut and stuff like that. So it's already happening in some ways. Will that will that then parlay down the road, i.e. do what you're talking about? Will 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 the, the bonus structure uh, be taken out of these contracts? Will that be, you know, no, no nolan boy for five years at the end of the day i think you know uh, these guys are driven you know you want to you know get paid to do what you do so i do think that you know a lot of guys will probably start to look at the nfl and kick it over there and uh you know i know the nfl is getting close to their their um you know tv deal in the next couple of years and they said it's going to be a huge influx of money to that so yeah i think that uh, unfortunately there's going to be a lot of tightening of the belts and uh there won't be a lot of extensions. There are not going to be a lot of extra, you know, dollars being put out to the colleges because they're just going to be a tightening of the belt. So I probably would see an, an exodus, you know, quicker. Maybe that's my why Rule got out of Baylor as fast as he did and went straight to the pros. So <clears throat> maybe he felt that. Yeah, I think that, um, first of all, I think that the college game and the pro game are so different. Mm-hmm. And the head coach responsibilities are very different. And it doesn't always translate and transfer successfully. It, it really doesn't. Um, there are guys I know that are coaching in the NFL. And uh, I said, well, would you ever consider? And he said, no, I wouldn't come back and have been in the, uh, in the college rank as a coach. And no, I wouldn't come back because – you know, the the recruiting is year-round. The mm-hmm. All of the responsibilities of an NCAA Division One head coach now are astronomically more than they were before, and they are astronomically more than the head coach of a pro team. Even a position coach or a DC or OC of a, of a pro team, okay? Because they have scouting departments, and the scouting departments are the ones that quote-unquote do the recruiting. And, and those scouting... So I, I think... I don't think we'll see it. I really don't. I think that the any head coaches that leave in the NFL uh, will be replaced by maybe guys that are already there, and with all of the different, with the hiring practices that are looking to change again with addendums to the Rooney rule, I think there's just a lot of, I think they're two different entities. I, I just don't see a lot of crossover happening, personally. Dory, um, as we wrap it up here, um, I know on July 10th uh, at the All-Northwest Football uh, Passing Academy, <laughs> you can check them out at allnorthwestfootball.com. Uh, just uh, just explain the, the Passing Academy real quick uh, for anyone listening out there that wants to kind of you know uh, hone in and focus on their classroom skills and drills to help them uh, improve their IQ and skill yeah. set. Well, it's an exciting academy, and and they are able to physical distance and social distance. Uh, it's the second camp that that the All Northwest Passing Academy staff is has held, and it's July 10th and 11th 
And it is, if you want to take your skills to another level, get to this camp. They still have a few openings. Uh, if, if people definitely give it a call, give it a checkout. And uh, you want to, you, you want to increase your skill level. Go get the coaching from these coaches that have coached guys that have, that have had successful D1 quarterback careers and careers in the NFL. Uh, it, it, you, I can't speak highly enough, obviously, but uh, it resonates deeply, and they have a great alumni following. So, yeah, go get it. Scott Ligo, President of Student Athletes Advocates. Uh, check him out on Twitter, SA Advocates. And uh, he's on Facebook, Student Athletes Advocate. And uh, his website, saadvocates.org. Uh, he's there to help the parents of student athletes uh, through the eligibility, recruiting, and financial aid process uh, from D1 to NIA and um NAIA, uh, we discussed the importance of getting advice early and uh, especially as early as your eighth grader. Scott, I I, yep. I have no envy for you right now trying to figure out what's coming up in the fall. Uh, more power to you. Uh, good luck. Uh, anything that any advice or anything that, you, you know, you could tell a, a student athlete or a parent right now uh, moving forward and, and getting ready for the fall or, or even looking past that? Yeah, well, the biggest thing to be quite frank, honestly, is that it's gone virtual. So I would my first advisement to you is number one is when these coaches get on Twitter and say they're going to virtually recruit Washington, have your stuff ready, know your huddle, get yourself cleaned up on social media, be ready, uh, do put together a little huddle video of you doing workouts with your, you know, teammates, coaches, or whatever you can do, uh, your throws. If you're a quarterback guy, if you're a running back, some running back drill stuff. And uh, the most important thing I can tell you, to be honest, with you, is that this is, comes from a little guy a secret inside secret i didn't happen to know he says you know uh when these kids get on zooms he said it's amazing how many kids are kind of disrespectful not paying attention not uh organized not you know you know getting eye to eye contact with the coaches so be very attentive to these guys just because you're on a zoom doesn't mean you can act in a different way you're uh, you're applying for a job or applying for a to get a you know a scholarship so make sure you're doing the right things and you're paying attention and you have questions and and uh, you know you're looking the coaches eye to eye in a zoom and that's the best thing i best advice i can give to you and one more thing yeah, on the ahead. education piece okay with with uh young people just because you are learning remotely doesn't mean you can tap out on your learning yeah. because even though you got a pass you got a p as a grade Coaches, everybody, colleges will be looking at that percentage of what you did in that class. What was your percent of your grade in that class? Because everybody's getting a P or all the seniors all got A. But you still have to be accountable to learning remotely the very best you can. Keep asking questions and do one-on-ones with your teachers on Zoom or Teams, whatever it takes to continue your education because that percentage now counts more than ever. Absolutely. And and one other last advice too: also have a digital copy of your transcript ready for the coach and a digital uh, uh, answers to, or, you know, for your SAT, ACT. So that kids, obviously you're not seeing your counselor like you used to. You can't just pop into the office. So make sure you have all that information with you at all times. And, And I would also say, man, send the huddle, 
send send your send it to the coach where you want to play. Absolutely. Because if you are the one, you're your best advocate, truly. Get that out there. That's how my nephew got a scholarship at Whitworth University to play soccer. And he had turned out to be, guess what, the only soccer freshman, the only freshman athlete at Whitworth University to be on the dean's list with a 3.8 GPA. That's because he got Aunt Dory's uh, brains. Yeah. We'll leave that alone. I won't say anything about the rest of those guys. But Uh, he went out. Yeah, anyway, yeah. That's how you got to do it, man. Go for what you want. That's exactly it. We'll get back to normality, whatever that is, you know, with the universities, with their programs, and obviously sacrifice is going to be made. Um, So I hope that uh, everyone can make a decision. for the long term and uh we're all gonna get there slowly but surely and more importantly healthy so dory scott thanks for your time and um we'll be talking to you thank you will all right take care thanks will everybody stay safe all right bye-bye. you too bye